This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The Glossing Detangler and Perfect Conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hey guys, it's Alana, and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Each Thursday on Unfiltered, I'll be bringing on a different anonymous guest to open up about their real-life dating experiences. We'll discuss what they went through or are going through, how they navigated it, what they've learned, and what advice they have to anyone else going through something similar. Unfiltered is your reminder that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss on Unfiltered, please email your story to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com to be considered for an episode. Real people, real stories, real life. This is Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Seeing Other People Unfiltered is presented by Mindset Wellness CBD. Their happy gummies and their calm gummies cured my dating anxiety, and I am so grateful. You should try them. You need to try them. Don't take my word for it. See for yourself. Head to mindsetwellness.com. Fill up your cart with those happy gummies to take before a date and the calm gummies to take after a date. And use code seeing other people at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. All right. So I'm a 28-year-old guy, and um, I'm here to talk about my experiences having cancer and how that interacts with my dating life um, and how that's affecting me over the past few years. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for being here and for reaching out. I, I don't want to say I was excited to get your email because of course that's not something to be excited about, but this is a topic that I feel like you never hear about, like how somebody's like really intense, like really, really dramatic, as dramatic as something like cancer can be like medical situation impacts their dating life. And you're not the only person who has had a cancer diagnosis and then had to get back out there in the dating world. And so it's something that I've always been really interested about and like intrigued about, but I've never really talked to anyone about it. So yeah, like I said, like, I don't want to say I was excited about your email, but I, I really am grateful that you're here and that you were willing to open up about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So when did you originally get diagnosed and what was that experience like for you? Yeah. So 
Um, so I was in grad school out of state. Um, and maybe for the few couple months before I was graduating, I had this really bad cough. Um, I didn't really think it was anything. I thought it was asthma or acid reflux or, you know, any other sort of thing. Um, so then I graduated around May of 2017. Um, I came back home. Um, I, I still, you know, I was looking for jobs and, you know, I still had this cough and my mom was like, you should go to the doctor and get this checked out. And of course, classically, a lot of men, like, they, you know, try to brush it off. But eventually, like, I went to the doctor and she had like a suspicion it was cancer because I had a family member who had some similar symptoms in the past. Um, so I went to the doctor and even he thought, no, not cancer. Um, so we tried, you know, we tried this, we try inhalers, um, acid reflux medicines. And then finally, um, I was like, no, you need to go back. You need to get, you know, a scan, like, fine, I'll go. And I got a CAT scan. Um, and then they found uh, tumors in my chest. Um, and that was super scary. Because um, going from, you know, I'm this healthy young guy, and like, I don't think this is anything until I get this diagnosis, then, you know, I go through a biopsy, turns out it is cancer. It's a type of lymphoma it's kind of rare where it's it's technically called like a gray zone lymphoma where it's like not quite hodgkin's not quite hot it's like in between hodgkin's and non-hodgkin's lymphoma um and that's obviously super scary to deal with um you know i was 24 at the time um but i just you know i go through chemotherapy relatively um there's some hiccups along the way, but, you know, relatively went to plan, um, then ends up being by December, um, of that year, I go into remission. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I can't even fathom what that experience was like. And, and all the while you're getting all these tests, like you're trying, you think it's asthma, you think it's something else. And it's like that whole time it was there and it was probably getting worse and worse. And you just, there was nothing you could do because you were doing everything. And it's so scary how, how that can happen. And well, so, okay. So you were in remission, like within how, how long after you first were diagnosed? Um, so I was probably, ultimately diagnosed maybe like June, July, and then oh, okay. um, a few months of chemo and then a few times, like, like I had like a little bit of like break time off before they, you know, scanned yeah. me for that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, that's kind of, in my mind, I feel like that sounds like a quick turnaround relatively. Yeah. I mean, your world was just like rocked mm -hmm. that year. Um so, okay, backing up for one second, for people who are less familiar, what exactly is lymphoma? So, um, lymphoma is cancer in the um, lymph nodes. So, there, um, I don't know if you ever felt like if you've gotten sick, like you, your like neck kind of gets swollen. Um, so, like, they're kind of part of the blood system, kind of like, um, you know, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but they kind of go like all the way from your neck, like down your midsection and then all the way 
I think down like down through your legs, like where I had it specifically was like the ones like in the, like in my chest and it was like the tumor was like leaning up against my lungs. So that's why I was coughing. Got so it. that's like yeah, scary because that like a lot of people, it'll be like, they'll feel like a lump in like their neck or like their legs. But, like obviously if it's in your chest, you know, inside your chest, it's hard. You can't really feel that. Right. You're not checking for that when you have a sore throat and yeah. being like, oh, no, my lymph nodes are swollen. Yeah, uh, that was a great non-doctor explanation. <laughs> so thank you. Um, OK, so as you're going into remission, what was going through your mind in terms of like, I mean, I assume for the most part, your your kind of like social life, your dating life, of course, was just not even a thought um, during the time you were going through chemo. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but what were what was going through your mind in terms of like getting back to the way things were before or moving forward with your life going into remission yeah so when i finished grad school like i wasn't in a relationship then you know i figured like i didn't really know if i was like moving cities or you know where i would be so like i you know i was dating like a little bit in grad school but like nothing you know ever super long term from that um but i was just thinking like while I was going, especially like the beginning um, that I would miss, like, you know, God forbid, if I didn't make it, that would, there'd be this big part of my life that I would never get to enjoy. Like I had a a serious relationship in, in undergrad, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, obviously, you know, I want something long-term, you know, hopefully with a family and other things like that. And, and it just, you know, it was sad to think about like, you know, what if I don't ever get to have this? Yeah. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? It is so normal, but it's not talked about and it makes all of us going through it feel really alone and frustrated. And I'm one of those women and I have been so self-conscious about my hair thinning and shedding for so long. That is why I'm eternally grateful that I found Nutrafol last year. And honestly, I wish I had tried it sooner. When my team asked me recently if I wanted to team up with Nutrafol, I have never said yes to something faster. Nutrafol has become a part of my routine that I can't live without because of of how much it's helped me, and I truly could not recommend it more highly. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And it is so easy to start your hair journey. You can take the hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root cause. Because everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth doesn't cut it. That's why Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow throughout different stages, as well as for different lifestyles like plant-based diets. And I know, I know, it can be hard to commit long-term to doing something every single day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription required, free shipping, and automatic delivery ensures that you'll never miss a day. And you'll see results in three to six months. If I can do it, so can you. It's kind of funny that I'm recording this right now as I'm literally about to go get a haircut because my hair is probably the longest it's ever been right now and my hair never used to grow. But now it does and it's really all thanks to Nutrafol. Plus, I am so grateful to be going into my wedding feeling confident about my hair and that is definitely not something I expected to be able to say before starting Nutrafol. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. 
You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP. S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. I'm not just a girl on the go these days. I am a chicken running around with its head cut off. Two podcasts, wedding planning, wedding attending, dog momming, traveling, and trying to eat well, move my body, and stay sane all at once is not a recipe for success. That's why I've turned to my recipe masters, aka Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat meals that taste delicious, make me feel good, and take a major thing off of my to-do list. Factor's meals are pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved and there are more than 35 options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan, veggie, and more. Guys, I seriously can't say enough good things about Factor's meals. They take two minutes to heat up, which means I can pop them in the microwave between recordings, or I can grab a ready-made smoothie from the fridge on my way to a workout class, or I can even have dinner ready for me and Jake after a really long day of work without lifting a finger. It has changed so much and has really made me feel like there's one last thing I need to worry about. And I feel good after eating the meals. Like they're so delicious and nutritious. You can order as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. And you can pause or reschedule whenever you need, which has been really helpful for me with on and off traveling that I've had over the last few months and over the next few months. And you guys know I love when things make sense financially and factor meals are less expensive than takeout. So you save money and you don't have to go anywhere to pick them up. Factors roasted garlic butter salmon and their tomato basil chicken risotto are two of my favorites that I keep ordering on repeat, but honestly, every single one of their meals has lived up to the hype. And of course, we are hooking you guys up. Head to factormeals.com slash seeingotherpeople50 and use code seeingotherpeople50 to get 50% off. That's code seeingotherpeople50 at factormeals.com slash seeingotherpeople50 to get 50% off. Yeah, I can imagine that's something that's like an all-consuming thought where it's something you've always wanted, but now it's like, oh, I actually might not have time to have this happen. Yeah. Yeah. So going, once you were done with chemo though, and you were able to say like, okay, I can maybe dabble in dating. I can go, like, I do have time now. Mm-hmm. I am okay. Um, what was that experience like? So first, like I did some like volunteer work and i like met someone through that and like i didn't you know know them at all before 
and ended up going out with them for coffee and it was just like the best <laughs> it just felt so good to get back out there um you know nothing happened beyond that first date but i think that was like the first hurdle just to um get back out there again so but then after that i was like okay um you know i mean it was like maybe getting some more confidence to like go on the dating apps again mm-hmm. and what i did was like i mostly like had like a hinge profile from before so i just used that um but what happened with my cancer and like this happens for some people not everyone where i ended up losing a lot of my hair and most people it grows back but for me it just never was anywhere near what it used to be and the issue was that all all the photos i had were from when i had hair so you know i was just i didn't think it'd be a huge deal but like that first person i met through the app um before we met i was like oh like i have a little bit shorter haircut now just like hey here i am and i don't on that date i ended up being just so much more nervous um i remember we were out i was getting thankfully this was iced coffee because i was like fidgeting with my cup i was so nervous and i ended up spilling the entire cup all over myself so i was like yeah um uh, and it, it, I think it took me a little while to accept that, like not having my hair out used to be. And I eventually like had more pictures of myself with, with friends without the hair. Um, and like, I know not having hair can like, that's probably more devastating to women. Um, but I think, you know, it is important to realize that it can affect body image, especially even of men too. And I think like, I've learned to like accept it more and like myself the way I am now. Um, but it's definitely always been like a constant hurdle um, because maybe not every woman sees that, but when I see myself in the mirror, sometimes, especially first going through that, like I see myself as a cancer patient. Right. And I'm probably having like the wrong idea where every other person who sees me also sees that like you know guys can go bald for other reasons they have alopecia male paired and baldness any other sort of reason um but it's it's sort of hard to get over that hurdle of thinking oh no like what are they going to think of me when they first see my face yeah no i mean that's a really good point and i'm sure that added to all of the other stresses of like okay you've been out of the game for a while okay like how do you explain what you were doing for over the last like six months a year if they ask like what you've been up to if they ask what you're doing for work for like your career you know and I think that's something that I remember not really thinking about how self-conscious a guy could be about that until about a year ago when I was doing was helping some this guy with his dating app profile and he was um, telling me how he was so stressed about like dating right now because he knows that in about a year he probably won't have like most of his hair anymore Mm. and he was like I don't know if that means I should try really really hard right now to meet somebody before that happens or if I should not like just give up until that happens and then maybe never meet somebody because I'm bald and nobody's gonna want to date me and I was like that was like a really eye-opening thing for me to hear that because when I mean, obviously, there are so many, 
different body image issues that like everybody has, but that's not something that I ever like, I was never thinking about that for me. If I saw somebody who was bald, I'm like, Oh, like they're bald. Okay. Like, you know, they just have less hair on their head or no hair on their head, but it's, it's not, I, I feel like it's just, it's really is such a thing and, and completely like a valid thing that I'm sure was really scary to go through. And one thing that I'm curious about is like why you were specifically so nervous with that dating app date versus the person who you met in person where it felt really refreshing. It felt really good to be on that date. Um, I think because like with the person um, on the dating app, like they saw me before and after, right? Where like the person who I just met in person, I mean, maybe they looked me up or whatever and they could see old pictures, but probably maybe not. Um, and I just feel like that second time around, like, I feel like, I don't know. There, I just like, maybe I was making some stuff in, up in my head where I just felt like, Oh God, like, what is she thinking? Like what, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, I will say I, I do credit you for the way you approach the situation and said, like, by the way, like, I don't know, like I have a lot less hair now or like, um, you know, I think that's a really good thing if there is something, because I know we all have different things that fluctuate in terms of our dating app profile photos. Sometimes we have pictures from years before where we're like, we've either gained weight or lost weight since then. And we don't really know how to approach it. And I, I think really like the good way to do it so that you feel comfortable going into it is saying like, Hey, by the way, I look a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And that way you're, you, you're already giving that person that heads up. And so you feel better going into it and they feel like less caught off guard. Um, was it, what was it like? Cause I imagine that for a while it felt like this was something that everybody knew about you. Everybody in your life knew that you were dealing with this. And so I'm wondering what it was like going on dates with these people who had no idea. Yeah, it was in some ways, like it was refreshing because like they didn't know. And like, I didn't have to talk about that. Like a lot of times, like when I talk about like one of my friends, um, they're obviously like, you know, concerned about me and like, I appreciate that. But like, sometimes I just, it's nice to, you know, not have to talk about it. Um, But at the same time, there's like this nagging feeling in my head that I'm going to have to bring it up sometime. It's not maybe like, hi, nice to meet you. I had cancer. Right. But it's maybe not, you know, it's not, oh, we've been in a relationship for five years. Oh, by the way. Right. Like it's going to come up at some point. And I never, it was hard for me to figure out when would that point be and how would I know would be the right time to do that and I think what was driving it was that um if somebody like was going to be a relationship with me like I wanted them to like me for me and like I didn't want like that to be a factor into like you know their thinking yeah did you get to the point ever with anyone where you did end up telling them so this will kind of bring me to the, the next part. So um, in, so it was around like December of uh, 2020, um, I decided to do this online speed dating thing. I know, it, was, it was like, it was over like Zoom. It was actually like really fun. Like it was, it was like 10 or 12 people and 
um, you know, you, if you had like a mutual match, then they would exchange information. So I ended up matching with two people from that, which is very strange for me because I've only like, I'm like the type of person only ever dates like one person at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of them, like eventually we were doing like a lot of zoom dates for a while. Um, one of them kind of fizzled out. Um, but the one of them actually went really well. Um, and we, um, had a few dates in person. Um, and it, it, things were going really well. And it was actually probably the first time in a few years where like, I felt like this was going from dating until, um, it's going to be like an actual relationship. And I knew like, I would think I was like getting to the point where like, I would probably have to tell her, but unfortunately what happened, um, I started getting some of those coughing symptoms again. And this was, keep in mind, this is about three years after the first, after I was in remission. And for most cancers, the, like you're quote unquote cured after you've been in remission for five years. Um, and even my doctor said that probably after two years, you're probably in the clear. And actually like after that time, like they weren't doing regular scans anymore, just because like there isn't a need to as much. Um, but, um, you know, it was getting harder to ignore that I was like coughing so much. And so eventually like I told, told, like went to the doctor. I was like, okay, I need to get another scan. And, um, turned out the scan. Like, I remember like I was at work, maybe like four o'clock or something like towards the end of the day. And I get this call from my doctor that scan doesn't look good. Uh, you're gonna have to go in for another biopsy. Um, this one was like a lot more like extensive and like I had to be put under for the biopsy. Um, <laughs> all of this, like, while like I have this relationship going. And, like, I haven't, like, obviously, like, I don't want to tell her anything, like, until, like, I know for sure. Right. Um, but and this it's, is all happening, and you're not, yeah, that's that's tough. That's a tough situation to be in. Right. And, like, I'm sort of, like, I'm, you know, we would go, maybe went out, like, two, three times, and, like, I'm sort of, like, a little, I mean, I don't want to say, like, ghosting her, but, like, not, like, trying to set up another date. Um, and do the other biopsy again and then turns out it is a recurrence and um turns out it's gonna be there's like a couple different treatment options and stuff but either way like it's gonna be a few months more of treatment and that's when i figured like i had to tell her and like i had to make a decision about what i was gonna do um so like obviously like I thought a lot about this and um, I thought it would be best to break things off um, for two reasons. One, obviously, you know, you know, I would want to focus on my health. Like I was still like planning to work and as much as I could, um, you know, between that and like doctor's appointments, like probably, you know, wouldn't really be able to go out. So I was, you know, I decided I was going to, um, work um, as much as I could between that and going to appointments. I really wouldn't have time to go on dates. And I figured, you know, to focus on my health, you know, I probably wouldn't, shouldn't be in the relationship anymore. But we were sort of at this point in the relationship 
where kind of was talking about before where we're sort of on that edge of okay are we just dating or versus is this going to you know turn into an actual committed relationship and i thought that i did not want to keep her in this relationship like even if i gave her the option i feel like she would feel shitty to say no like mm-hmm. i yeah i i didn't want her to like have to feel she had to be sort of trapped in this relationship and she had to be with me and like i didn't i didn't really tell her that part of it like when i i called her to break up with her i was like look like i need to focus on my health you know maybe we can f- pick this up later but i want you to feel that you can go out and date whoever you know you can live your life like i don't want to you know hold you back or anything and like obviously she was sad it was shocking as you can imagine um and she sort of left it up to me as like where i wanted to do things take things um you know she said you know however how much how much you want to communicate with me um you know you're free to talk to me about you know if you just need someone to vent to or anything and she was like you know i just really respect your decision what do you want to do um and, when, and when I, you say you have to you had to focus on your health did she know what you meant by that oh like i i i told her the sorry i didn't it okay. wasn't clear but like <laughs> i i told her the whole cancer thing and that was Got like it. the first time i had to tell someone and i just told her everything um, how did you like how did this conversation start like how did you approach it what did she say back yeah so i I actually started kind of what we were talking about before with the with the hair thing. I was like, oh, like, I don't know if you ever, like, look, you know, like, stalked my Facebook or anything. Like, I saw my old pictures. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, that I had cancer a few years ago. I know it's been a remission. And then I, I told her that it had come back and that I told her it'd be probably, like, a lot more treatment, like, a, several more months. Um, I, and... I, you know, I could hear that she was like crying and she was sad, obviously. Um, yeah. And, you know, she basically said, you know, like whatever, she like left it to me. She's like, however much, however I can help you, however I can support you. You know, if you don't want to talk to me again, that's fine too. You know, if you just want to keep me in the loop a little bit, it's fine. Um, and, Yeah, I'm glad that she was, you know, hopefully she's been able to move on. Like, I haven't, I haven't been in touch with her a whole lot. Um, I mean, you know, given her updates every few months or so, but, and I don't know, like, if I'd want to pick this up again, um, just because, like, the situation of, like, how I had to do things. And, you know, maybe at this equivalent of time, if the recurrence didn't happen, I would tell her about it in a more controlled situation. But I want that moment to be a moment that I choose. Right. I don't want it to be sort of forced upon me. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. Um, in turn, I, I completely get where you're coming from in in your decision to say, like, to not want to put the decision on her. I think that's really mature. I think that's like really respectful because that's such a hard position. I mean, you're both you're both in really difficult positions, but that's such a tough position to be in. Cause like you said, like, what if she stayed because she felt bad leaving and and you know didn't know what to do like and then suddenly was like at your bedside like you know it but like it, it's just 
it's so hard, like the timing of things to decide like what to do in those situations. But I think I really respect like the way you went about it and, and saying like you needed to focus on you. And I like that she was also like so respectful of that and was like, I'm here for whatever you need. If you want to talk to me, great. If you don't want to talk to me, great. And like, I think that navigating conversations like this is one of the hardest parts about like humanity and about any type of relationship or connection with somebody or friendship. And um, I think that that conversation and how it played out is like a perfect example of like two people who care about each other. For sure. Were there any conversations when you told friends or family members um, where people reacted in a way that wasn't that positive in your eyes or like that they said something that you're like, Oh, like kind of wish they didn't say that. Um, and I ask because I, this could happen to any, anybody, anybody could end up in your situation or on the other side of the table, on the other side of the phone being told this. And I think hearing examples of like what somebody wants to hear or what's helpful to hear versus what's not is like really powerful and important. Yeah. Um, I think one of the hardest things for me, um, was especially like when I see, like run into people again, uh, was saying like, Oh, I didn't recognize you or, you know, it's like in some like people, like I could, like I was at the grocery store once and I saw a, like a friend's mom and like, she didn't recognize me right away. I was like, Oh, hi, you know, it's me. Um, and like, I, I recognize like, it's not malicious at their part. Like they're not trying to be mean. Um, it's just hard for me, like, to accept that this is, like, the new reality for me. Um, and, like, just, like, being reminded of that really um, hurts a time. And also, and, I like, actually, I'm in a, a support group with other young adult cancer survivors. And it's actually really great to talk about these things with them. And one of the things we talk about is, like, the friend who says, oh, how are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm fine. And they're like, no, like, how are you? How are you really? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, uh, like, like some, some people, like they do like to talk about it. They, you know, spill with you, you know, everything that's going on. Um, But sometimes, you know, people just want to, you know, be a friend and like, you know, don't want to focus on that for now. Yeah. That's exactly why I asked because um, I, a friend of mine, I want to say like eight or nine years ago, um, was diagnosed with cancer. She had liposarcoma. She had a tumor the size of like her fist pushing on her heart. Um, and she had been a very close friend of mine in high school and we naturally had grown apart prior to this happening. Like we weren't friends who would talk every day or every week or every month. We were friends who would catch up like maybe twice a year. Mm -hmm. And when I would, when I found this out, I didn't know like how to approach our friendship because I was like, I like value her so much as a person. I of course care about her. It's something that was on my mind every day, but I didn't, because of like the way our friendship was, I didn't want to be like overcompensating and like checking in all the time and having her think I was just like reaching out because I felt bad or, and then I didn't know, like when I did reach out, like, should I ask how she's doing or should I pretend that everything was normal and she was healthy and just talk about 
whatever boy I was into and whatever was going on, like with my job and then like what to ask her about her. So it was a really, really challenging situation for me. But then I was like, well, I shouldn't feel bad about myself for dealing with this because she's dealing with that. So that's kind of like, in general, like, how should somebody and I mean, I should have just asked, I should have said, Hey, like, I love you. I want I don't want you to feel weird about how I approach things like what's best for you. And I think I was just like too young to think to do that. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think like definitely like all your friends, like they want to help, they want to be there in some way. Um, and obviously, like, I can only speak for myself. Um, but you know, for what I've heard from other people is that, you know, sometimes they might want to talk about like what they're going through. And sometimes they don't. Um, and um, I think, you know, just being there and just reaching out really means a lot to someone. Um, like I, like I posted like a little bit on Facebook and it, like really meant a lot to me, even like people who just like, gave like a like or a comment and they're just like, you know, message me. That was really great. But I also have, some other friends like in a group chat that we just talk about random shit every day. And sometimes that's really good just to, you know, get my mind off things too. Yeah. So like, yeah, be supportive, but also not beat around the bush, but also be there. Yeah. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard like balance. Yeah. Lead, but also like in a way, maybe like, like let you lead the way and, mm-hmm. and, and meet you where you're at. Um, yeah. It's, it's tough. Um, okay, so where are you at now in terms of your cancer and in terms of your dating life? So um, I actually have a scan later this week. So it's kind of nerve-wracking. A lot of times like you'll hear cancer patients talk about scan, scan anxiety, like scan anxiety. Um, so like hopefully like if everything is okay on that, then like, you know, fingers crossed, you know, we're also like, I'm good for, I don't have to get any more treatments right now. Um, but the, also like the other thing with that is, um, like this time around with the cancer, like I had to get something called a, uh, stem cell transplant where, um, actually like you've like maybe seen like a lot of like donor drives for it. Um, mm-hmm. but actually like I was able to get it like from my own stem cells, but like still, um, essentially like it's like sort of like a hard reset on your immune system like they completely wipe it out and like start it new again so like these like past few months like i've barely gone outside the house like i don't go out in public i don't eat like food out at restaurants and stuff so i'm still like for right now like very homebound so like you're back in 2020 quarantine vibes right um so like depending on you know how the scan goes um, you know, I have to get COVID shots again and like all these other immunizations all over again. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause it's totally wiped. That's wild. Yeah. Um, but like, hopefully within, you know, like a few months to a year, I can start getting back out there. Um, and it, you know, is it going to be maybe like a little harder this time though? Cause where I was at before this, like I was like b- building up confidence, right? Like getting out on the dating apps then you know getting to meet someone in person like i felt like i was sort of getting over it and i felt like uh, now i'm sort of you know back to ground zero where i was yeah 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 what are your like hypothetically if if a year from now you 
were to be back out there, you were to meet somebody like, what would you need from a partner? Like what type of support or specific things would you just like want your partner to understand and kind of like show up for you in a certain way? Yeah. Um, like obviously from the first part, um, I want them to get to know me. Like for like my, besides cancer, everything, like I want, like I want them, like if they really like me for the first, you know, the person I am, that's, you know, the very baseline thing. Um, and, you know, eventually, like I think I would sort of have the talk with them once like, we thought that like, okay, this is, this might be like an actual relationship. Let's talk about you that, um, you know, God forbid it doesn't come back again, but like, it's just reality that I'm at much higher risk than the average person. Um, you know, and, and any, you know, any person, right. Like something tragic can happen to them, but it's just, it's hard to frame it in a way where like, I don't want them to be like worried about me all the time, but like right. for them to know that like this could happen. Um, and you know, for them, obviously, like if it's a more established relationship, you know, I'd hope they would, you know, still be there for me. Um, and just to be supportive, but also not just like on the negative side, but like on the positive side, like I've just like learned to just appreciate life so much more and not you know, like if I want to do something, just go out and do it. Like um, before the recurrence, I remember there was a concert I really wanted to go to. And normally like in the past, I would like search around for friends and try to set up a group, try to go to the concert. And I was just like, fuck it. I want to go. I'm going to go. And I, I went by myself and I made friends there and I had a great time. Um, I love that. And um, so, you know, on the one side, like knowing the negatives, but also knowing that I'm someone who really embraces life and wants to, take all the experiences I can while, you know, and enjoy them while I'm here. Absolutely. And I think that's a quality of you that is so special. And that's something that somebody will recognize and value. And I also think that's something that you can use to meet people, like go to the concert, you know, like go to the thing and talk to people there. And and then maybe it would almost in a way, take that nervous pressure off of the whole situation similarly to how it was when you met that first person volunteering, you know, right. versus the person you met on the dating app. Um, and same similarly with the person you met on the zoom speed dating thing. So I do think that like so much good can come from that. Obviously like way beyond meeting people, like it's such an incredible quality. Um, but yeah, I think that in terms of like when like wanting someone to like you for you, and then telling them later, I hear so many stories about people asking, like, when do I tell them about this thing, this this family member who passed away? When do I tell them about this chronic illness I have? When do I tell them that I like I'm severely depressed or that I am a virgin? And it, and everything comes down to like when it when it feels right, you know, when you feel comfortable, when you feel like you want this person to know that information about you. Right. And I think that's something that like every single person has something like 
there's literally nobody who has like a whole like just like a clean right bill of everything you know um and so i think yeah i think your answer is like totally spot on like when you feel like someone likes you for you and you want to have that conversation i think that's exactly the perfect time to do it Mm -hmm. yeah is there anything that i haven't asked that you want people to know or you wanted to talk about um (laughs) i guess it's just like a general um like if you want to like look for organizations to support um there's Ammerman Angels, which like I've been a part of that like does I've uh where you do like 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 mentoring like for people like who are going through cancer. It's like a really great organization. Um Ullman Cancer Fund for Young Adults. They actually while I was going through um when I after I recovered last time I trained and like ran a five K through them and that was amazing. Oh wow. That was uh, really fun. And um also donate blood <laughs> if you can um it's i've i try i've tried to like three times recently and my iron has been too low oh yeah that could happen and now i'm like eating like a steak the night before <laughs> and it's still too low and i'm like come on yeah. <laughs> like let me please um will you send me an email with the links to those so i can link them in the show notes and on the instagram story for sure yeah perfect amazing um well Thank you so much for being here and for being so open and and vulnerable about what you've been through. Again, I can't imagine what it's been like to go through this, but you are like such a strong person and such a wonderful person. And it it really shines through in your character and and how you've approached all these experiences. And yeah, I, I just really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. To everyone who listened, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to send this episode to a friend who you think would benefit from hearing it. And we will see you next time. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com. We make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.